Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Members Exclusive Podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 11th of August and as usual with all the information contained in this podcast it is general advice only so please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right well scores on the doors not very exciting today. Uh, We are at 1.6 points or 0.02%. This follows a slight rise on the Dow and in US markets last night, following that CPI number, which came in pretty much as expected, 3.2 on the headline rate and 4.7 on the core inflation rate. So very much inflation still alive and well did poke up a little bit higher, uh, but that was to be expected. And that was certainly what the market was going for. The US market at one stage was up uh, nearly 500 points, but closing up around 56 points. So a certain amount of uh, yawn uh, in those numbers to some extent. Today in the Australian market, we do have um, the last stand from uh, Governor Philip Lowe, who is fronting a uh, parliamentary committee again. This is his last time as governor of the RBA. And uh, it's, of course, Michelle Bullock taking over uh, in September after the next RBA meeting. Some interesting comments, as always, coming out of Governor Lowe, uh, saying that uh, the well, this is coming out of actually RBA official Marion Kohler said that interest rates would need to increase by another 100 basis points to engineer a faster return to the RBA's 2 to 3% inflation target. Uh, Governor Lowe has defended a 10.5% pay rise is proposed for the RBA start as fa- staff as fair and reasonable. And he also has said that the decline in inflation to 6% from 7.8% has been driven by a normalisation in supply chains. But uh, he's still talking about productivity, and that's certainly one of the uh, the things he has been focused on for some time. Uh, he also said that uh, the uh, the bank result from CBA is, uh, is not profit gouging, according to Lowe. And he sees inflation on track to get back to target in the next couple of years, while unemployment is expected to remain low. So a little bit of Goldilocks in terms of that from Governor Lowe. Just looking at US futures at the moment, a little bit of a positivity there. Dow futures up 55 and NASDAQ up 62 just coming across my screen at the moment. So that is uh, that is heartening. But um, certainly interesting comments coming out of Governor Lowe this morning. Not really affecting the market, which... Uh, we're up now three points. It's 11.02. Of course, results very much in focus. Broker upgrades and downgrades so far. First week of reporting season. I have to say, a pretty solid uh, reporting season. Today in strategy, I've looked at AGL, Borrell and QBE. All relatively solid. Nothing particularly spectacular. Uh, but certainly Borrell uh, was one that stood out to me as one that uh, really rammed home the pricing power that some of these companies have got and the prices they have pushed through in terms of their product mix. The same happened with James Hardy. Uh, We've got Borrell up another 3.5% odd today. Uh, James Hardy had some good numbers out as well. Again, that pricing power that we saw in fibre cement equally applied to Borrell and Kerry Stokes will be a happy little Vegemite with his 73% 
of Borrell. As I say, that one going well. Uh, QBE and AGL also. A little look at those today in the strategy piece. Uh, certainly QBE pushing up a little bit, 3% higher today. Looks like the brokers are warming to that one. Uh, certainly nothing wrong with that result. Uh, and again, we're seeing the pricing power in insurance circles, 10.2% premium increases uh, for QBE. Of course, there are some climate change issues. And uh, we have seen that, I guess, uh, in uh, evidence big time in Hawaii at the moment with uh, that tragic loss of lives in Hawaii with those big bushfires on Maui. So it just rams home, I guess, the, the climate issues that we have and the issues for insurance companies. But at the moment, it certainly looks as if QBE is one of those companies that has turned itself around from being a canine to a champion. Uh, talking of which, AGL, pretty much in a similar vein as well. Uh, the uh, company which was much unloved and the subject of political football uh, for some time on the closing of some of its power stations and its transition to renewable energy and its plan to split the company into green AGL and brown AGL, which if you mix green and brown, you just get a mush. Uh, there have um, certainly those numbers yesterday were, were pretty good and it has gone from canine to champ. Not sure whether that will continue. Uh, certainly uh, they've had a pretty good run. Mike Cannon-Brooks timed it impeccably and it does remain a bit of a political football. Somewhat worrying for inflation and somewhat worrying, I guess, for consumers as well is their forecast that electricity prices will stay elevated in FY24 and FY25. So something to bear in mind there today. In terms of the market though today, it is a little bit uh, tired and emotional after uh, a big week of results. We are seeing the banks pretty flat. Uh, at the moment, Macquarie's up 0.6. CSL having a little bit of a rally, up half a percent today. And uh, ResMed also having a little bit of a rally, up 0.6 of a percent. In the ideas portfolio today, I have added ResMed. Uh, I was uh, quite negative on ResMed before the numbers. Uh, I had a Henry's takedown on ResMed. Love the uh, products in terms of uh, their health benefits, and that's widely acknowledged the health benefits from a CPAP machine. However, I've always struggled to work out the, um, the way ResMed can really turbocharge that uh, that profit, uh, given that a lot of their customers, uh, when they do take up CPAP machines, do tend to peter out in terms of enthusiasm for it when they look like something out of the dam busters. And as a result, uh, they rely on mask and accessory sales and also finding new customers. And despite the fact they push the AI side of things, uh, I'm not sure that really is the reason you'd be buying ResMed. So uh, it has suffered, but as with anything, there is always a price where they start to look attractive and having fallen from around 33 34 bucks to $27.50, that price looks as if it is attractive now. They have shown some signs of a technical bounce. Uh, I have to say that's a tepid technical bounce, uh, but uh, we have added that as a idea today. It is a quality company, quality management, a great Australian success story, but as I say, uh, the machines themselves always seem to be the same price. There is some competition. They have had that free kick from the Philips recall due to the foam issues that they had there. Uh, so that has certainly helped them, but their margins have eased back, which has concerned the market. But as I say, quality company and has fallen hard. Maybe time to look at that one. 
As far as uh, other sectors go today, the resources slipping a little bit. Uh, we have got some pressure on the iron ore price. Uh, Rio down 1.1%. They were big time down yesterday, but they did go ex-dividend, so that has to be borne in mind. Fortescue down 1%. Uh, Pilbara down 0.7%. We had some news out from Alchem today on their resource size at uh, James Bay, which has helped them. They're up 1.1%. But generally, we're seeing the energy sector come off a little bit. It had a pretty stellar day yesterday in places, especially in some of those coal stocks. Bowen Coal, uh, a massive run yesterday, up by over 20%. But today, we're seeing Woodside and Santos both ease back and the coal stocks ease back. A little bit of interest creeping back into uh, the tech sector, zero up 0.3 of a percent, uh, but it does feel a little bit Friday-ish. And most eyes today are once again on results. And to be fair, uh, we have had, uh, again, not a um, not a bad set of numbers out today. We had REA Group out this morning, uh, which were um, pretty much, I guess, uh, as always, optimistic and also optimistic about India. The stock has run pretty hard, uh, but they have obviously highlighted the drop in real estate listings, 12% drop there, and did reduce its dividend by 4%, but certainly were positive on the outlook. News Corp was out today. Uh, by the way, REA down 1.3% on the back of that. News Corp numbers out today. They were up 3.3% on the back of the numbers. Annual income was down 75% to 187 million. Uh, second highest ever though, annual EBITDA of 1.4 billion. Uh, we've also seen, um, as I say, that Alchem uh, James Bay project increase in their uh, resource there. And we have had some news from Star Entertainment, which is probably the star of the show today. They're up 23%. It looks like uh, one of, uh, well, it looks like the New South Wales government has gone a little bit soft on the proposed poker machine tax increases and the proposed tax increases on Star. And uh, they have focused on jobs. And of course, Star has said that basically the previous government's uh, tax proposals would make the business unviable and would put all the jobs at risk. So the Labour government, the new Labour government, New South Wales, has stepped in with a new proposal. Nick Scarley also in the news today with their results out, achieves annual net profit record 101.1 propelled by 15.1 sales growth and improved margins. There we are saying that retail is dead and that uh, the consumer spending is dead. Certainly not the case for Nick Scarley. The stock price up 10% today. And yesterday's big winner, Satire, uh, which had a big run on the back of its results. Uh, they did see um, a bit of a flip-flop as we headed into the close. They're up 20% at one stage yesterday, closing only up 12%. Uh, we did see uh, the founder, Dean Mintz, sell down a parcel of shares there last night, $100 million worth of stock at three bucks, which took a little bit of the wind out of the sales. 1.9% higher this morning, although they have touched $3.04. They're back up to $3.20 today. We had some baby bunting numbers out as well this morning. Uh, they are down 1.6%, uh, pretty much telegraphed to the market in terms of the numbers. We did get some guidance from them not so long ago. So at one stage, they did touch $1.91. They're back to $2.09. So a bit of volatility in some of these results. Uh, but generally, the first week of reporting season has passed off relatively well. Of course, many will tell you that the good numbers tend to come out first. The good reports tend to be out first. Um, and the bad ones, they try and hide them at the end. 
but um, certainly at the moment it does uh, feel as if um, the first week at least has been solid and we have seen and this is a theme I've talked about in the newsletter today in the strategy piece is the pricing power that some companies have had that affects Borrell it also has affected James Hardy Realist REA Group and QBE as well. Some of these companies do have pricing power. They have pushed prices up. They've talked about inflationary pressures, but the prices have stuck, which is very important. So it helps their margin expansion. Even if they see lower sales, uh, those margins are better and make up for some of the accounts there. So uh, that is something that we've uh, talked about today with Borrell, QBE and AGL in the strategy piece, as I say talking today about some of the other ideas around. Obviously, with the Borrell number, there are other stocks in the building uh, product sector uh, that have uh, potential uh, as well with James Hardy and Borrell both producing good numbers. CSR is one, but it has run pretty hard. Uh, we also have Adbri, of course, in that sector. Again, it has run hard, uh, up of 1.5% today. Uh, Brickworks, which is probably one of the ones that hasn't really run, uh, always a little bit thin, and because of the Sol Patterson's issue, uh, does tend to be a little overlooked. But that one hasn't run very hard at all uh, in comparison with the others, so maybe worth having a little look at that one. Uh, also, finally, in the strategy piece today, just a little uh, take from Shane Oliver, who has, a, as usual, a really good piece in Livewire Markets, which, is, of course, is a great resource for um, investors. But Shane, talking about why he doesn't think there will be a recession in Australia, he's got five uh, reasons. Uh, he thinks that inflation could fall fast, taking pressure off rates. Certainly has in the US. It's gone from around nine to around three in the last uh, year or so. Uh, second, there is a lack of excess to unwind. He also suggests that households still have pandemic savings buffers. And we could have rolling sectoral recessions is one thing that he does talk about. And he also thinks that strong population growth may mask that recession. 400,000 people, obviously, uh, is a lot of people coming to these shores, and that will certainly mask uh, any recession we have. So uh, have a look at strategy today. Uh, there is a little bit on the US CPI. And, uh, of course, we don't get another Fed meeting till the end of September, nearly 19th to the 20th. In between, we have Jackson Hole, which will be very interesting to hear what Jerome Powell has to say. It was quite important last year when he did say the Fed is not for turning, echoing Margaret Thatcher. Uh, that happens towards the end of this month. So uh, that will be a focal point for U.S. investors. But it does feel as if the U.S. is now on pause uh, for a little while. But the higher for longer has to be taken into account. We did see last night as well uh, the debt auction for some of the uh, treasuries that the U.S. has to do this week. Uh, those yields rising, 4.19% for those 10-year uh, yields for that new issue of treasuries. So uh, the U.S. continues to have to fund its debt position of over $31 trillion. Pretty soon we're talking real money, as they say. And uh, obviously that is... Uh, needs to be attractive to investors so that they can put the money into the U.S. debt. Uh, as far as Henry's take today goes, just a little bit of um, chat. There is uh, some uh, talk in the Australian today about Liontown. Uh, certainly one of, has been one of our favourites. Uh, Liontown, there is some suggestions they may need to do some sort of equity funding uh, to bridge the gap on Kathleen Valley. Uh, there are some suggestions uh, that are not confirmed by the company, of course, 
that costs have blown out there and they will have to uh, find extra money to do that. Uh, it has been obviously thought to some extent that the DSO uh, shipments uh, would certainly help with that funding. There was around a three three fifty million dollar funding gap uh, for Kathleen Valley that may have got uh, increased over a period. Also, a look at uh, Alliance Aviation. Nothing spectacular, but they certainly are adding more Fokkers, as they say, to the uh, stable of planes and also E-190s as well. They did pull out of the whole tourist market, flying tourists into uh, remoter locations, and they now very much focus on those wet lease and uh, FIFO kind of deals, corporates, government, and teams, flying teams around the country. So um, that seems to be paying off for them, and they do, well, they certainly are adding more planes, more capacity, and that will add more revenue today. Uh, also, just uh, I had a heads up from, uh, admittedly, this is from an investor relations guy suggesting I have a look at a stock called Optia. OPT is the stock code there. They're involved in a phase three trial for uh, um, some uh, treatments for um, macular degeneration and uh, cures for that in older people. Um, he's very positive on that, but then he's paid to be positive on that. I'm not paid to be positive on that, but um, certainly a stock that I probably will have a little look at. It's not been on a great trajectory, I have to say. It hasn't been a particularly brilliant ride for investors. And when I looked at the uh, presentation, I was confused from Avalon, but um, certainly maybe worth a little look next week uh, if you're looking at biotechs there. Ask the analyst, of course, tonight, 5.30, uh, Sydney time. We'll go for about an hour talking about uh, whatever you want to talk about, really, uh, whatever questions you would like to ask me. I am here for you this evening, uh, and uh, we will uh, fire through as many as we can. And uh, we are on a new Zoom platform, a new upgraded and better looking Zoom platform. So hopefully that will work pretty well uh, and we'll see how that pans out. So looking forward to your company there this afternoon or this evening, 5.30, be there, be square, same channel, same bat channel, 5.30 on the uh, newsletter. There is a link there to sign up to it. And as always, it will be recorded, of course. And we will put in a podcast as well. I'll simultaneously record it as a podcast so you don't have to sit through looking at my ugly face. Uh, or unfortunately, you won't be able to see the slides, obviously, on the podcast. But the podcast does seem to be a good way for people to access it. We had over a thousand downloads of the podcast. And talking of podcasts, if you're vaguely interested in the lithium space, vaguely interested in Latin resources, which has been a spectacular um, stock for us. We originally started recommending it around eight or nine cents. Uh, we put it officially in the small cap portfolio at 13 cents. Uh, it is now 38 and a half cents. It did hit 42. So that Chris Gale podcast on Latin resources and their Salinas project in Brazil is interesting. And I would urge you to have a listen to that. We've had around 700 downloads of that so far, and I only released it yesterday. So clearly there is some good interest there. Okay, we're coming up to 11.20. As far as uh, winners and losers go, uh, the Sydney uh, Star City is the biggest winner today, 24% higher. We've got Nick Scarley up 10.7%. Uh, Genesis uh, GMD. 
D in the gold space, up 7.2%. I'm not sure what's happening there. Latin Resources up nearly 7% today. And A4N, which we did talk about on the call on Wednesday, up 6% today in the large caps. In the, in the uh, losers today, uh, GWA is a bit of a loser. Blue Scope Steel as well, a bit of a loser, uh, down 3.2%. And we are seeing some selling again in Azure Minerals, which has had a pretty good run, I have to say. So it's inevitable to get some profit taking. Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great rest of the day. Of course, we'll be back again with the end of day report this afternoon. If I don't talk to you again, have a great weekend.